Inside Chicago Government. ShyGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews about and sounds of Chicago government. I'm Dave Gloetz. In this episode, we'll hear excerpts from the September 14th meeting of the full Chicago City Council. In this, the standard episode, we'll hear a debate that occurred before the council passed, a measure that allows execution of a collective bargaining agreement between the city and the Chicago Police Patrolmen's Union. Again, that's in the standard version you're about to hear. In the premium version of the episode, which you can get by subscribing at shygov.com, you can hear other excerpts from that same meeting, namely one that involved debate before approval of an ordinance to limit the distribution of single-use foodware, like plastic forks from restaurants. Also in the premium version, you'll hear an apology by 45th Ward Alderman Jim Gardner, which he made to the full council after a media reveal of some controversial tweets that Gardner had made a couple years ago. Also in the premium version, you can hear Ninth Ward Alderman Anthony Beal attempt to move on a repeal of a previous ordinance that strengthens Chicago's speed limit cameras and how his effort was thwarted through parliamentary procedures. Finally, in the premium version, you can hear audio from an August 26th meeting of the Chicago Plan Commission, which involved debate over low-income housing near O'Hare Airport in the 41st Ward. All that comes with analysis from me and my colleague, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Here's the standard episode. I'm going to start today's conversation with the September 14 meeting that had something of a controversial issue. The council passed by a vote of 40 to 8, a measure that allows the execution of a collective bargaining agreement, which I'm sure you read about, Ben, between the city and the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 7, which represents Chicago Police Department patrol officers. But that vote didn't happen before lots of debate, some of which we'll hear now. It starts with 20th Ward Alderman Jason Irvin. What I believe that has been negotiated at this point in time is, is probably the best that we can do with the exception of trying to throw everything up in the air to go to arbitration. Now, granted, it is not where all of us would like to be. Not all members of the Chicago Police Department were out doing negative things in, in our community. Again, it's a very small group of individuals who are essentially pushing and controlling a narrative that is creating the sense that everyone is bad. Chair recognizes Brian Sixto-Lopez. Let me just mention a few of the important points that we need to consider that are not included in this contract. This contract does little to nothing to ensure that there's accountability when there's false statements. And there's no provisions that ensure that officers provide accurate statements within 24 hours. This contract also does not include the report that every single public official should have, which is disclosed if it's secondary employment. I'm not even going to mention the issues with back pay, 20% increases without accountability. Alderman Ramirez Rosa. You know, I supported the police contract in the Workforce Committee. At that time, having reviewed 
the changes around police accountability, it looked like we were making progress. But since that committee meeting, I've had an opportunity to look at an analysis put forward by the Coalition for Police Contracts Accountability that looked at the 14 recommendations that they had put forward and the ways in which this contract fell short. I also had an opportunity to read a Chicago Sun-Times editorial put out by a number of faith leaders. And I'll read to you just a short excerpt. As it stands today, the contract front loads FOP demands for salary increases for rank and file officers, but it backloads necessary reforms that remain subject to continued negotiation. And there's simply no reason to assume that FOP will negotiate in good faith once its members have already gotten bigger paychecks. I've got to say that after reading this opinion piece, my mind has been changed. I've been swayed. I think that they've got the right analysis. There are more things that need to be worked out here on this contract. Oliver Nix Pizzotto. I didn't plan on speaking, but I feel the need to speak now. But let's remember, this has been about five years of negotiations, four and a half years under an old contract, not under a contract, but under an old contract. Some people are all upset about the 20% increase when, guess what, real soon we're going to be getting a five and a half percent increase for the aldermen. So I'm just wondering how many of us have a problem with that five and a half percent. I'm guessing not many. Um, and I think we deserve it, by the way. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't take it. About maybe 20 years ago, when we had to sign up for the police test, does anybody realize we had about 25, 30,000 people wanted this job? And if you go further back, get about 40, 50,000. In 2019, we had two signups. We had one in January and one in December. The reason we had a second one in December of 2019, because the one in January, only 4,000 people signed up to be officers, but only 2,000 took the test. So that we had to have another test. So then in December, again, same thing, 4,000 signed up, about 2,000 people took the test. Nothing in 2020. Now in 2021, we have less than 3,000 people to pull from. We go through 10 to get one. People don't want this job anymore because of the way they're treated, because of the way they're thought of by us, people in their communities. I'm not saying all of us. You know, most of us are respectful of police, and I believe most of the people in the city and praise them for the great job they do. But things have gotten out of control. Certainly criticizing officers for getting a well-deserved raise, I, I just don't think that's the thing to do. Ben, I don't usually like to ask you how you'd have voted on something, but uh, I'm going to do that this time about this approval of the the contract. How I would have voted? Yeah. I would have voted for it. The vote was 40 to 8, correct? Yeah. The eight aldermen who voted against it, their arguments are good arguments. And that is that all the reforms that we need to, I hate using that word. Why do I use that word? All the changes that we wanted to see that would hold police accountable for police brutality and police shootings that we've been advocating, that various people have been advocating for years and years are not in this contract. I believe that this will never happen in the city of Chicago where you bargain these changes through collective bargaining. That's going to be have to be outside the province of collective bargaining. And I do believe that police officers deserve a raise. And I also believe that the way the city handles negotiations with police officers and firefighters to certain degrees is absurd. They play all these games where year after year they hold back. Uh, They let the contracts expire knowing that the police officers can't go on strike or won't go on strike. And then there's this back pay issue. 
retroactive pay. It's bad policy from start to finish. You're not going to get the Fraternal Order Police to make concessions on these very important changes in the way police are required to provide information after a shooting or after an incident. You're not going to get that. You mentioned briefly the arbitration issue. That means that the issues that the city could not get the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 7 to agree to are going to go to a third-party arbitrator to decide up and down on several of these issues. Some of the aldermen, such as Byron Sixto Lopez of the 25th Ward, who were urging colleagues to vote against, the things that they're asking the council to consider is those things that now will go to arbitration. I just want to clarify that the argument to approve this is such that the union knows that the arbitrator is always sitting on the sidelines and that's an option that's going to occur. There's no reason, according to this thinking, there's no reason for the union to agree to those things if they know that if they don't, the arbitrator is going to be the person it goes to. So I just wanted to clarify that. That's good. There was a little further clarification. You either get the union to agree to make these changes at the bargaining table, or you force them to agree to these changes through a ruling of an arbitrator. I think you have greater success with the latter than the former. Now, in defense of Lori Lightfoot, they inherited this situation, right? If it's if you go back four years, Mayor Rahm was kicking the, the can down the road because he was the mayor. But mayors have always been afraid to confront the fraternal order. Please, Dave, how would you have voted if you were alderman in the Chicago City Council? I will talk to you about voting, but I'll talk to you about who voted no. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Ramirez Rosa, I'm going to read you the list. Ramirez Rosa, La Spada, Mike Rodriguez, Sigjo Lopez, Rodriguez Sanchez, Vasquez, Martin, and Hatton. Those are the eight. Yeah, as I said, my beloved lefties in the Chicago City Council. That's all we've got for the standard episode. If you'd like to hear the full-length premium version of the episode, including material not heard on any other podcast, please subscribe at shygov.com. Or if you're already a subscriber, log in at shygov.com, go to the Chicago menu, and choose City Council. As always, listeners, we welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions for future episodes. Using email, you can get those to us via comment at shygov.com. Using Facebook, go to facebook.com slash insidegov. And on Twitter, find us at C-H-I-G-O-V-T. I'm Dave Glowatz. Thanks for listening.